welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse this time. We're talking about Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 9, Raiders of the Lost Art. And, who boy, what an episode. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on in here, and, and a lot of it is silly. Um, so, as we remember from last time, Rip uh, is a, he's a film student named Phil. His uh, film is basically his memory of his, you know, being Rip Hunter and, you know, it's Rip Hunter fighting Vandal Savage and the Spear of Destiny is at stake, etc., etc. The, uh, the bad guys figure this out first, uh, or at least the, the amulet leads them to Los Angeles, 1967. The good guys, uh, take a little bit more time because they're, they're more roundabout. They're basically like, well, let's track his last moments. Where could he possibly have gone? Um, uh, Gideon reveals that he retrieved a, a stick, essentially, uh, from his study before he uh, did, touched the time drive, and uh, they basically concede that it's some sort of, uh, what is, how does Martinstein put it, a time electrocution that alters his brainwaves to make him think he is the person that he is now in Los Angeles 1967. Uh, so the good guys, um, which, well, who is it? It's, it's everybody, but, uh, Martin and Mick, because Mick tells Martin about his visions and insists that Martin, who is a doctor, should check him out. Martin reminds Mick that he is a doctor of nuclear physics and Mick basically goes, same thing. And, uh, they go off to the lab to have Gideon check them out. Well, uh, check him out. Well, um... The, the good guys and the bad guys find each other on, I believe it has to be the UCLA campus. I think that's where this happens. Because it turns out that Rip's uh, prop master slash director of photography slash probably assistant director on this project is none other, none other than one George Lucas. So the good guys and the bad guys find Rip at the same time. There is a firefight. The good guys manage to escape to the time... Uh, no, they don't. They don't escape with Rip. Excuse me. Uh, the good guys and the bad guys fight. The cops show up. Everybody splits, except for Rip, who is arrested for some reason. That I. It's never really explained why he's arrested. He just is. Since uh, Rip is arrested, uh, they know where he's going to be. The good guys know where he's going to be. So they send Martin out to pose as a doctor. I think Mix an orderly, and so is Sarah. And they go, um, they go to get Rip out of the uh, the jail. Uh, so the cell in which he's uh, which he's being held. Uh, the bad guys go too. It's just it's for the most of this episode. It's Damian Dark and Malcolm Merlin, and that's going to get annoying at the end of the episode. And I'll tell you why uh, when we get there. So. The good guys find Rip. Uh, he still thinks he's Phil. He thinks they're crazy. Mick slugs him, and they are getting out of the facility. Uh, then the bad guys show up, and for no reason, Malcolm Merlin knifes a cop in a cop shop, and none of the other cops see the cop drop. It's really sloppy. Uh, it's, it's, like, pointless. Why does he stick a knife in the cop? There's no reason. Why doesn't the cop cry out? There's no reason. Why don't any of the other cops notice that this guy who was standing up and talking to these people just suddenly collapses? Once again, no reason, but this is the thing that happens. So there's a bit of a chase through the, um, through the cop shop, uh, and 
the good guys get out. They manage to get Rip uh, into the Wave Rider, and they do a scan on him, and it reveals that his entire limbic system has been rewired to make him think that he's this Phil guy, this film student. Uh, so it's they have no luck making him remember anything. Uh, the only proof that he remembers anything at all is his script, where versions of them appear. Now, it's around this time that Ray and Nate reveal that they are losing their training. Uh, Ray is like, uh, he looks at a schematic of the time drive, he's like, I don't understand this, why would you expect me to understand this? And Amaya says, you're four PhDs. And then he realizes that he has memories that are no longer there. Like, he can't remember any of the things he learned as a PhD. Nate has the same problem. And they figure out that this happened around the same time as they showed up on the, the film set and tried to get Rip and uh, his, and, you know, his, he and his uh, director of photography or prop master, George Lucas, right, got caught in a crossfire. Uh, and it turns out that because of this, George Lucas became an insurance salesman and never made the movies that inspired Ray and Nate to their various careers. So Sarah finds out that this is the case. She says, you got to go fix this. Um, they, they do, or they try to. They go to George Lucas and they're like, hey, George Lucas, you really got to be a film guy because that's going to inspire us to do stuff. And, and they kind of convince him and he's walking back to his dorm room and then who should appear in his dorm room but Damien Dark and Malcolm Merlin because as it turns out, Rip had a piece of the Spirit Destiny. He took it with him when he went on his time jump and he's using it as a prop in his movie. George Lucas was his prop master. He threw out all the props. So they head to the city dump. Um, and quick check-in on Martin and Mick. Uh, Martin has found some sort of device in Mick's brain that is geared to receive... Uh, oh, I forget. But it's information on gravity waves or something like that. So he suggests that uh, Leonard Snart somehow bonded with a time explosion and has essentially become a time ghost and is appearing to Mick to, you know, chastise him for remaining on the ship. So uh, there is a cute moment when Sarah and Jax are off to go uh, rescue everybody and uh, they pass by the... Uh, medbay and they look at Martin who has a couple of instruments and is holding them close to Mick's head and uh, they say what are you doing and he's like brain surgery what does it look like which is it's a kind of a cute moment uh, so anyway uh, at the city dump there is a scene where uh, Nate Amaya and um, Nate Amaya and Ray and George Lucas are in a trash compactor looking for the spear of destiny and then the trash compactor starts to compact, uh, which, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess if I were a writer, I guess I couldn't, I couldn't resist that either. should mention also that in, in the fight in the dorms, uh, Malcolm Merlin stole Amaya's necklace from her, so she no longer has access to her superpowers, much like Ray no longer has access to his super suit. If you remember a few episodes ago, uh, she chastised him for not being a superhero because all of his powers came from a suit. Yeah, I talked about it then, but it's still annoying. Amaya, you are not the one to tell Ray that he's not a superhero because his powers depend on an object. Anyway, 
So there's basically a recreation of the Star Wars scene, and uh, then Jax and Sarah show up, and Jax does the right thing by shooting at Malcolm Merlin. Sarah and Damien Dark go right to hand-to-hand, I guess because they're, it's more satisfying to beat up on each other? I don't know. Uh, Jax tries to go hand-to-hand with Malcolm Merlin, but it doesn't work because Malcolm Merlin is... <laughs> you know, a League of Assassins. Uh, in fact, he was the leader of the League of Assassins at one point, so I wouldn't go hand-to-hand with him unless you're Green Arrow or similarly trained. In the trash compactor, they get Lucas to access his inner uh, desires, and it turns out that he wants to direct. And once he really says that and believes in himself, uh, we can assume that he survives and makes the movies in the future because Ray and Nate get their powers back, or uh, powers and suit back, and uh, they and Amaya jump out of the trash compactor with George Lucas uh, to join the fight. George doesn't join the fight, but Amaya does. She takes the necklace back from Malcolm Merlin, uh, accesses gorilla strength, and throws him, um, which he didn't seem to be expecting. He was surprised by that, but there you go. Uh, The amulet falls out of his pocket. Sarah picks it up and grabs it, but then, wouldn't you know it, Eobard Thawne shows up and speedsters his way out of everything. Now, this is a problem because Eobard Thawne continually shows up and speedsters their way out of everything. It's like, it's not to say that Damien and Malcolm are incompetent. They're not. But honestly, they're not really a match for when everybody's together. Let's say Vixen, Firestorm, Steel, White Canary, and the Atom, right? That's it's a pretty powerful group. Um, but then you add Thon into the mix and the reverse flash just, you know, zooms over everything. And that's that he in fact ends up kidnapping rip as they pull away. And we can assume that he probably has the amulet as well. Although that's not stated, it's not defined, but I don't remember Sarah carrying it at the end of the episode. So it's sort of a, it's sort of a no score win. uh, everybody gets to keep their powers. They've, uh, they've stopped, Um, the bad guys from getting the Spear of Destiny, they might have it at this point. Again, we're not super sure. George Lucas did find it in the trash compactor, but not sure what happened to it after that. Um, And uh, then it's, uh, well, Martin tells Mick that he he removed the chip from Mick's brain, but it was never functional, so this is all Mick's inner doubt about what he's doing on the ship manifesting as hallucinations of, of Len Snart as, you know, uh, ordinary doubt and perhaps depression and whatnot do. Um, uh, speaking as myself, I know that I definitely see hallucinations of people actually talking to me. I don't. It's not a thing. It's not really a thing that happens for what Mick is going through. So we, I'm going to assume that there's still another explanation uh, because doubt making you hallucinate is dumb. Anyway, um, what else? All right, uh, it becomes, uh, it turns out it's movie night. There's a bit of a squabble on um, which, you know, which movies they're going to watch. That's uh, like, should we do Empire? Should we do uh, Raiders? Um, and then they decide that they're going to watch three movies, uh, including um, Empire's one of them, and so is Last Crusade. Uh, Amaya suggests Howard the Duck, knowing nothing about it, and Ray and Nate shoot her down, but they, they end up, uh, deciding that they're gonna watch three movies after Gideon assures them that Rip Hunter would want them to enjoy themselves, uh, etc., etc. And, uh, then we cut to Rip, or Phil. He is in an interrogation chair, in an interrogation room. There is one 
uh, there's a he's in a a beam of light, right? The one sort of light source in the room. Eobard Thon shows up. They talk a little bit about what he does or doesn't know, and then there's sort of the cheesy. You're gonna, you know, he sees a torch, rips his torture implements. You're gonna torture me, aren't you? Eobard Thon says, No, no, I'm not gonna torture you, but they will. And Malcolm Merlin and Damien Dark come out of the shadows to loom menacingly as as Rip screams, and we we end the episode. So apparently, with the George the George Lucas thing, there's a lot of that this season. Uh, there's another episode coming up, I think, where they meet. Um, at least Tolkien. I think it's Tolkien during World War One. They might meet Lewis too, so maybe they they end up like getting the inklings to get back on track. Uh, but it's it's seems like it's a whole lot of uh, meeting famous people and sort of getting them to do their thing this season, as we just saw them help out Elliot Ness uh, and Al Capone variously, depending on uh, which side they were on. Um, so it's 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 kind of a cute thing, uh, I think. Um, the short film, if you've ever seen it, George Lucas in Love, uh, did it maybe a little bit better. Uh, there's this, you know, it's this film nerd. He meets this girl who wears her hair in buns, and there's all these scenes of them falling in love, and it's great. And then uh, he takes her home to meet his parents, and her mom, uh, or his mom, reveals that uh, she's his sister. It's really cute. Um, but, you know, it's it's... It's fine. It's good enough. It it was it was good for a bit of a chuckle. Um, and oh yeah, the other thing is that Nate refers to the three villains as the Legion of Doom, and everybody kind of looks at him and he's like, "It was in a Hanna Barbera cartoon that I liked when I was a kid." Well, that Hanna Barbera cartoon was one of the incarnations of the Super Friends, which included some uh, of the characters, I believe, that are known to the people in this continuity, right? Like, I think, um, I think Reverse Flash might be in it. Uh, I, maybe. Um, and, uh, who's in the Super Friends? I don't remember whether Green Arrow is, is included in the Super Friends. He might not have been. But it's also, uh, it's, it's a little bit on the nose, especially, uh, from someone who's met Supergirl, who would then have to recall Superman unless he was not in that, uh, that universe's version of the Super Friends. So it was, uh, they had a bit, they lampshaded the bit, uh, but because they lampshaded it, I'm not sure how well it works. Um, anyway, so we've come to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.